Welcome to The Light of the World. This is Jerry G. Martin. What a tumultuous few months we've endured in our nation and in our city with floods and freezes, with pandemic and political unrest. The government has responded by giving a stimulus package to people, hoping that it will help the economy move forward. Over the next few days, I will be sharing a message about God's stimulus plan. He's always had a plan to be a blessing to his people, no matter what's going on. It's nothing new, but it's still available to you if you would trust God with all your heart. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. We've been sharing with you that God has a stimulus plan for all of us who believe in him. And I know just by looking at some of you, you you could use a little stimulation. Hasn't it been quite a 12 month period that we've been in and things are going on all around us and it could cause us to be frustrated. It could cause us to have a lot of anxiety, but I want you to know that God can bless you right in the middle of a famine right in the middle of a pandemic, and I want you to start looking for what God wants to do in a supernatural way. We've been singing about how great God is this morning, and so he's not just great when you're singing about it. He's great when he comes to doing mighty things in your life. It was Jesus Christ who set the table for us at the beginning of this series. He said to us in the book of Matthew chapter 6, do not worry. So if you're worrying today, cut it out. Jesus said, do not worry. He said, do not worry because we're God's people. Do not worry because God has a plan. Do not worry because God provides. Do not worry because God keeps his promises and do not worry because God invite you to participate and come and see what he can do in your life. Then we looked at the story of the widow woman who had two sons and a lot of debt and the creditors were going to come and take her sons, put them in a debtor's prison situation so they can work off the debt. She didn't have anything around her but a prophet and the prophet asked her two questions. What can I do for you and what do you have in your house? She answered, I have nothing. And some people are saying, you know, I don't have anything. She said, but a little bit of oil. She saw a little bit of oil. God saw an oil business. I encourage you then at time that God can start a business with what you have. And some of you have business ideas. You've been dreaming about it for years. You've never done anything about it. I want to encourage you to take that step and allow God to use you to do some great and marvelous and mighty things through the dreams and the visions and the plans he's already put in your life and in your heart. So I close that message by asking, what do you have in your house? Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal the things of value that you can work with, even though you may not see the value in it right now. What's in your heart? What's in your house? And what's in your hands? Then we looked at how to access God's stimulus plan for you. Solomon gave us some words of wisdom in Proverbs chapter 3. He said, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. And then he said, acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways 
and he will direct your path. We even did a study in the Greek on the word all. What does all mean in the Greek? It means all. But Solomon also said, honor the Lord with the first fruit of your increase. Honor God with all that you have. We talked about how to do that and how important that is to receiving what God has for you. But today, I want to share with you what our responsibility is to activate and enjoy the plan God has already made available for us. How do we activate that? And activating it requires that we have a commitment of faith to receive what is available for us. So I'm going to talk about faith and having that commitment of faith to receive what's available for us. And let me just share with you how we all operate in faith. If we are saved, if we have come to a relationship with Jesus Christ, we came as sinners to receive his forgiveness, and we made, through that process, a commitment of faith. We trusted a God that we have not seen and we cannot see. When you came to the Lord, you've never met God in person. You, never, you didn't meet Jesus Christ in person. You heard the word of God and you believed that, and by faith, you asked him to come into your life. You believe by faith that you will have eternal life. You believe that if I give my life to the Lord, he's going to come into my heart, he's going to change my life, and I will have everlasting life, and I'm going to heaven when I die. I hope you believe that. If you did not believe that, you are in the wrong place for that, uh, but you're also in the right place because you should believe it before you leave here today. But we do that by faith. Somebody say, by faith. From the moment we are saved, we continue to make a faith commitment every day. We, we trust in the Lord. We even sing songs of faith about how great God is. He's great. He's my provider. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. He's my source. He's my joy. He's my strength. He can take me through every trial and every tribulation. We say that by faith. And then we get into trial and tribulation and we say, hey, God, where are you? But we walk by faith. Moment by moment, we put our trust in God, believing him and putting our future into his hands. We exercise faith for salvation. We exercise faith for eternal life. But when it comes to our well-being and prosperity, many of us cannot wrap our faith around God's ability to provide for us. We have faith for eternal life, but we don't wrap our faith around God's ability to provide for us. You know why I know that? Because we do all that we can and put most of our energy in trying to make it for ourselves. I got to go out and I got to get it, and this is what I got to do. I got to work. I can't come to church, Pastor, because I got to work. I got bills, I got obligations, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make it work. I got to get two jobs. The husband's got to work, the wife's got to work, and if the kids are old enough, they got to work too because we got to make it work. But I trust in God. He's Jehovah Jireh, my provider, but I got to go to work. Now, he wants us to work. How do we exercise the faith so that we can receive the plan that God has for us. It was God who said in Jeremiah 29, I know the plans that I have for you, 
plans to prosper you, plans not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. So God has a plan. Come on, say, he's got a plan. Some people have a difficult time making a financial commitment to God or ministry on the basis of faith alone. We have a hard time. Somebody uh, just shared with me last week, you know, I, I used to give and I used to say, I can't see giving my money to that church. And I said, you know, I, I don't know about your experience, but I never have given any money to any church. Now, I've been tithing for years, but I've never given any money to any church. I give my money to God. I release it unto God. I'm offering to God. I'm making a, a statement, Lord, I'm, I'm returning to you what you have blessed me with. Now, I'm, I'm returning it through the church, but I'm not giving it to the church. When you give it to the church, you can get frustrated because the church may not manage it properly. But God honors it when you're giving it to him, regardless of what the church do with it. Every church should be really good stewards of everything that comes in. Now, let me get that straight. You should be careful about what you do with God's money. God wants to use those resources to minister to people and to bless people all around the world when people come and bring the resources to the house of the Lord. But you're not giving to the church. You should be giving through the church. Committing ourselves to God by faith is at the very core of who we are as God's people. And God used this basic, primary approach to understanding how the people are going to reply to him and what's really in your heart when you say, Lord, I love you with all of my heart. God says, okay, well, take what's most important to you and return a portion to me. And then you say, you say, what now? If you love me with all your heart, take a portion of what I give you and return it to me. And you, you know what we say again to him? We say, what, Lord? Yeah, just take a portion. You want me to take my money and give it, just give it away? Lord says, it ain't your money. If you didn't get it from me, you wouldn't have it. You think it's your money? Talk to the Lord, say, Lord, this ain't yours, it's mine. I do whatever I want to do with it. Tell him that and see what happened. And then you find yourself, you can't get out to bed one morning and go to work. And you can't get out to bed the next morning. And you get up, you can't find your way to the restroom. You're so confused. God says, you say, what now about your money? So if God doesn't give us the strength, God doesn't give us the help, God doesn't give us the understanding, God doesn't open the door for us, you know, things can shut down. You ought to got a picture right now of how bad things can be in an instant just by looking at what's been happening in the last 12 months. God said, I can shut everything down if I want to. Every believer ought to just say, thank you, Lord, for the blessing that you poured into my life. I'm just surprised you don't want more than 10%. But we have a hard time. And so God doesn't need the money. God just needs to know where you are. Our resources help God to understand when we release to him how much we love him and will commit to him. Because we, we don't live like other folk live. When I say other folk, folk that don't know the Lord. We walk by faith and not by sight. Who's the we? The believers. We walk, we live, we function, we operate by, we live by 
faith and not by sight. So in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it is called the hall of faith, but it's a report card of some faith activity through people. So we are introduced to some, some we call the great heroes of the past who walk with gods. We look at their names and their accomplishments and we're never going to forget them because they lived by faith. But as I was thinking about this, none of them were great people until after they exercised the faith. Before that, they were like you and me. We were just extraordinary plain folk that believed God and exercised faith and some great things happened in their life. So it's not a chapter about great men and women who did great things. It's about common, ordinary people who trusted God by faith. And through his strength, these people were able to do great things. There are some people in this room right now, and there are people who are listening to me online right now, who are able to do great things, even greater than you can imagine in your own mind right now, if you will allow God to work through you, and you will step out and take a step of faith and obey what God will speak to you. He is no respecter of person. There are great people sitting right next to you, but they just haven't moved. They haven't moved. Uh, Noah's neighbor knew Noah before he started building the ark. They didn't think, Noah is such a great man. They probably said, that's old Noah. He ain't doing nothing. But look at what Hebrews said in, in chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And then verse 5 says, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. It didn't say you may not please God. It said without faith. It is impossible to please God without trusting him, without believing him, without activating and acting on what he says. It is impossible to please God. How many of you want to please God? If you do, you have to say, I'm going to operate in faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe, first of all, that he exists. And then secondly, you have to believe that he rewards those who earnestly, diligently seek him. Now, that's the part we uh, don't usually activate and, and employ in our lives. Oh, yes, I believe God, and I know he exists. I earnestly seek him, but I'm not believing and activating or even looking for the reward that he has for those who know that he exists and earnestly seek him. God says, it's, it's not just a one-sided thing. If you trust me, if you obey me, if you do what I say, you can expect a reward. Okay, somebody ought to say hallelujah about that. When I do what the word of God says, I'm expecting God to do what he says. Okay, let me say it this way. Uh, God will do what he says if I do what he says to do. If I trust him, if I obey him, if I activate myself enough to say I'm going to obey God, I should have an expectation that God's going to do what he says. I tell people, you shouldn't just be a tither and then never look 
for God's blessing. I'm a tither, you know, and I've been tithing for a long time. And you know what I do? I look for blessings every day. I look for favor. I say, I walk in the favor. I walk in the blessings. I'm looking and I'm expecting. And I receive blessings. Every day, I receive favor every day because I'm looking for it. I expect it because I've been faithful and obedient. And I'm walking by faith. I'm looking for blessing. Every time I meet somebody, a blessing should flow. Either I'm going to be blessing them or they're going to be blessing me. Somebody's going to get blessed in this relationship. Somebody's going to be blessed in this relationship. So if you're not looking for a blessing and if your fist is always closed, God can't get anything out of it and he can't put anything in it either. Let's look at verse 7. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, when Noah heard about what was going to happen, God says it's going to rain. They didn't even know rain. And he says, rain? Yeah, God said, build an ark. Football field longer. And that's a big boat. Took him 120 years to do that. But he began to activate and take action on what he heard God says. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later uh, receive his inheritance, he obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. In verse 11, by faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. So I want you to begin to think now about what God has begun to speak in your life. You can say, you know, I'm going to move out on that. So let me just share with you, what does it mean to express your faith in a commitment to God? First, I want to tell you what a faith commitment is not. A faith commitment is not blind optimism. A faith commitment is not just uh, jumping, uh, trusting God in the dark and jumping off a cliff to nowhere and and thinking there's nowhere to land. I'm just going to do it, right? I'm just going to wake up. I'm going to wake up this morning and go down to to the Rolls Royce dealer and tell him by faith, I command one of these cars to come to me. A faith commitment is not saying, I don't have a clue about what I should do. It doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm just going to trust God. That's not faith. That's a blind optimism. It is not faith also to have faith in your faith. See, there are some people that, that will teach you, you need to have faith in your faith. If I have enough faith, if I have enough faith, I can cause anything to come my way. If I have enough faith. The Bible told us not to have faith in faith. He said have faith in God. And if you're not careful, you'll have faith in faith. The real issue is not how much faith you have, but who your faith is in. Okay, see somebody's listening to me right now. No, the Bible says if I have faith, I could just say whatever I want and I'll tell have it. I had that argument with somebody one day. I said, no, you can't. Yes, I can. I said, okay, well, say what you want and then say when you want it, the date and the time, and then see if you have it. Come on. 
Say when you want it. So if you're going to have faith to just call it in, also have faith to say when. Then he said, well, you know, I got it. It's in the the spirit realm. I said, no, ask for it in the natural. Don't give me all those excuses. Because before that in Mark 11, it says, have faith in God. See, the thing is, you got to hear from God what God is saying. And then put your faith in what God says. That's a whole nother sermon. So let me tell you what the faith of commitment is. It is a faith then that is initiated by revelation from God. A faith that is initiated by revelation from God. Each of those examples in the book of Hebrew we was reading, uh, Noah had a revelation from God. God said, build this ark because it's going to rain. Abraham, go to a place. I will show you where you're going to go and your offsprings are going to be there and you're going to be, I'm going to make you a great nation. Abraham, you're going to have a child and you're going to have a great nation. Abraham said, I ain't feeling that, Lord, because I'm old. But the Bible said he was in Abel. God gave Abraham the first formula for Viagra that was ever made. Abraham said, now that's what I'm talking about. Faith is initiated by a revelation from God. So we always have to spend time before God trying to hear what God is saying about my situation. God, I want you to hear what you're saying about the plan you have for me. God, the things that you put in my heart, I want to hear what you're saying about it. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith begins when God speaks. Until God speaks, there isn't anything by itself that's of any value to any believer until God speaks. When God began to speak about it. See, it was God spoke and told us to start a church. We knew that because it's going to get tested. I'm going to talk about that because, you know, after a while you've been wondering, Lord, are you sure we need to do this? Because stuff is happening. It was God who spoke about this property right here, this property we're on right now, when we couldn't see any way of getting it. We didn't have the money. We didn't have, I mean, we went through all kinds of ups and downs before God manifested this, but God spoke about it. And we came out here, we stood on every corner of this property and we had somebody pray and say, Lord, we receive it right now. We, we stand here right now. Now, it was a, another couple of years before that came to pass, but we stood on what we heard God say, even though the man who owned it said, we ain't selling it to you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what God says. And if I say what God say, I'll have what I say. There are so many people who are stressed and is struggling right now because of the things that are going on around us. This is Jerry G. Martin, and I'm reminding you, God has already promised his people that he is able to provide. I certainly hope that these messages are helpful to you to know how God can stimulate you for your blessing and prosperity even in tough times. The first thing that needs to be done is to be sure you are connected with God and that you're honoring God with your life and with all that he's giving you. I invite you to be our guest at the Light of the World Christian Fellowship. We're meeting each Sunday in person at 16161 Old Humble Road. Again, that's 16161. 
1061 Old Humble Road, 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. If you are in Humble, the Lake Houston area, Spring, Northeast Houston, Northwest Houston, you're in our neighborhood. You can also join us online each Sunday at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety or share it with someone, go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily, Jerry G. Martin. You can enjoy today's message as well as previous messages that we've aired. If you're looking for a Bible bookstore, there's one on our campus. Call us at The Beacon, 281-441-2885. For Bibles, communion, and church supplies, call us, 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.